Welcome to this soul-lifting broadcast which has been put together for your spiritual growth and to make greatness common right where you are. Be sure to make the best of this moment as God takes the lead in all that concerns you. Can you help me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, your world needs you. Uh, can you point at somebody and say, your world needs you. Praise God. And somebody may be saying, Pastor, what kind of topic is this? I need my word. Because I need help at this time. If you have been around, you know we've been teaching on the theme of everyday supernatural. And if you've not been around and wanted to get the messages, listen over and again, get on our MP3 site, uh, da- download it, get on YouTube, watch for free, you know, get on our online church platform. The messages are there and you can watch, uh, binge watch, you know, at a certain time, especially as we prepare for this Accelerate Worship Conference, because we, we trust God to break out uh, with the supernatural grace and power in the life of everyone as we step into the second half of the year. Whatever you're trusting God for, whatever you're looking up to God to do, uh, it's about you know living in that expectancy, like I described earlier on. You just see things start to unfold uh, according to the time of life for you. But today, as we wrap up, this teaching series that we've tagged Everyday Supernatural. Uh, we have emphasized uh, from Romans 8 and verse 14, the Bible says, uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So these are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We have emphasized the need for every believer to expect God to lead us. We have emphasized the need for every believer to want to walk in divine guidance. We have emphasized the need for every believer to, to, to leave out the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, patience, long-suffering, and all that. We have emphasized that God wants you and I to leave it out practically in our lives. We've talked about supernatural living, and then we've talked about supernatural acts. And we've emphasized the fact that many Christians look up to God for supernatural acts, divine inter- interventions and all that. But when it comes to supernatural living, we wish it away. We feel sometimes that it belongs to the pastors or the ministers or people who have been saved for a long time or anything like that. Or uh, when it comes to me, I'm, I mean, some people even tell you that I'm not that born again. So don't expect that from me. If you do nonsense with me, I'll slap you. My own born again never reach. Yeah, that's what some people will say. You know, my born again never rich. You know, that's that's not how to live as a Christian. There's there's nothing like my born again never rich. God expects you to continue to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, and that is the supernatural living. When Jesus said, "If a man entreats you to go with him one mile," he said, "Go two miles." If a man uh, asks you for your coat, he said, "Give him your tunic also." He said, if you, if you, if you, you slap on the right, turn your left. All those things, is just, we're just talking about the effect of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. That I will not live my life based on reaction. I will live based on revelation. Yeah. I know it doesn't work for many Lagosians. Because people in Lagos will say, if they slap you on the, on the right, and you're still turning the left, are you sure you are a Lagosian? But the truth is that you are not a Lagosian. You are a child of God. Yeah. We don't live by reaction. If you slap me and I slap back, I react. If you slap me and I hold my peace, 
and turn the other one, I'm living by revelation because I want to know the reason why you slapped me first. Yeah. I want to know which spirit is working in you so I will know what, what next to do. But some people just believe that it has to be action and reaction. Jesus is saying, no, don't live by reaction. Live by revelation. Live by revelation. Yeah. Live by revelation. Live by revelation. If you want to work a Christian marriage, you can't say somebody said this, I'm going to say my own. In fact, because he said one, I'll say ten. Yeah. And you, you call yourself a Christian. Where is the fruit of the Spirit growing through you? Where is the fruit of patience? We have emphasized that through this series uh, and the need for each and every one of us to live Every day, supernatural. Sometimes God will plant a neighbor beside you just to gauge how supernatural your life is. Because they will try every spirit in you. Yeah. They will try the Holy Ghost in you. And living the supernatural life outwardly is what will then depend on, on how you react to the situations, uh, you know, in such cases where you are in a trying situation and God expects you to live out the supernatural. As we wrap up this teaching series today, your word needs you. Your word needs you. And I need each and every one of us to, you know, to have this ingrained in our mind as we wrap up this series. The supernatural is not just for me to gain from. In this church, we emphasize the fact that, uh, uh, you know, in our world today, many people only seek God for what to get. And God also has a need. is looking for agents. The people that will represent him in our world. And you and I must be his representative. So the supernatural is not only for me. It is for me to represent God. God sent us into the world with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to carry it supernaturally. People must see the effect of grace in your life and in my life. So the supernatural was meant to make way to those who wants to uh, proclaim the gospel. Every true believer in Jesus Christ is ad-coded for the expansion of the kingdom of God as empowered by the Holy Spirit. God has coded us not just for us to be successful, not just for us to live in health, and by the way, living in good health today is supernatural. Yeah. Because the whole world is polluted. So if you're going to live in good health, you have to trust God. But not just for all that, but also for us to be his representative. That's why God is empowering us to live supernaturally. Romans 14. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8. I'll read from verse 14 down to 19. Romans chapter 8 from verse 14 down to 19. Romans chapter 8 from verse 14 down to 19. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Verse 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received, you received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry, Abba, Father. The spirit of adoption there uh, is the spirit, uh, the Passion Translation says, the spirit of mature sonship. You know, in one of the teaching series, in this series, I describe how adoption works. That many Christians are not even aware of the fatherhood that they have now, the adoption that they have now. So it's possible for you to have been adopted by the God of the universe and you still live with a mindset of somebody that is helpless because you don't even understand the details of the adoption papers. You don't even read your Bible. 
you know, it's, it's a terrible thing for uh, Jeff Bezos or, or Elon Musk, any of those richest people in the world, to deliberately and intentionally adopt someone who lives here in Africa, perhaps, or in one of the slums of Lagos, and then they give the adoption papers to the person, the person signs and everything, and the person refused to read it. Yeah. Does not even understand what this now qualifies me for. And nothing changes because it's possible for someone to be saved, to be a child of God, and nothing will change because of the limitation of the mind. Because the mind is not being exposed to the new life that is in Christ Jesus, the new fatherhood. But the Bible says here, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Many people are living in fear because they don't know the spirit that they have. But you have received the spirit of adoption by whom you cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father means Daddy. You can call God Daddy. And the next verse says, uh, said the Spirit himself, that's the Holy Spirit, bears witness. He's saying it. Yeah. Bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. We're children of God. And he said, if children... Then, heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, then we may also be glorified with him. But verse 19 is where I'm going. Uh, 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 verse 19 says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Well, look at verse 19. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly, waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The endless expectation of creation is waiting eagerly, waiting for the revealing, the unveiling of you and I. The endless expectation of the creation. So there are people around you, people in your office, people in your circle of friends, people all over the place, who are waiting for your manifestation. In your revealing and manifestation is their own deliverance and salvation. Are you still with me today? The more I keep repressing my true nature in Christ, the more I keep living like halfway Christian, the more I keep, you know, repressing the Holy Ghost in me, from building in me the fruit of the Spirit or the supernatural act of God to come out through me, uh, the more the people that God has positioned around me will continue to wait endlessly. Because it said the endless expectation of the creation is waiting for the manifestation of the children of God. God wants you and I to manifest Him to our world. He wants you and I to manifest Him to our world. That's why the scripture says in Mark 16, when you read from verse 15, said, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. And these signs, somebody said these signs, shall follow me because I believe. Say it again, say these signs shall follow me because I believe. Praise God. So he said, this sign shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak 
with new tongues, they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Look at all the things he said. But he said these signs will follow those who are going, who are revealing themselves, who are manifesting, who are unveiling the God nature, who are representing the kingdom of God. Signs don't follow stationary people. It follows people who are going, who are showing forth, who are representing God. If you need more supernatural manifestations in your life, rededicate your life as an agent of Jehovah, as a kingdom agent, then you see more manifestation. If you go to verse 20 of the same Mark 16, verse 20, look at what he said. And they went out, not that they stay at home. They went out, not that they are always keeping short when they're supposed to speak for God. They went out and preached everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. Everywhere means your office, your home, on the road. Everywhere means, you know, at a party. Everywhere means everywhere. Everywhere means at a bar. Everywhere means at a hangout. Just having a chat. And you're asking somebody about their life. You're speaking to them about Christ. You're sharing your own testimony. If you want to see the power of God manifest, do what the disciples did. And they went out everywhere and preached. The Lord walking with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen, somebody. The Lord walking with them and confirming his word through accompanying signs. If you haven't seen a sign of divine approval or divine presence in a while, maybe you need to represent God better. Yeah. Maybe you need to be his mouthpiece in a different way. Maybe you need to show up for the kingdom of God more than you have done in the first half of this year. Because God is not prodigal concerning his power. His power is for assignments. It's for assignments. And he sends us on assignments. He sends us on assignments. And he wants us to be able to re represent him as we go on those assignments. He wants us to be able to represent him. If you want to see supernatural every day, sign up to be an agent of heaven. Sign up to be a kingdom agent. Sign up. You know, sometimes you are, uh, 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 some people do agency work as undercover. Yeah, undercover. You are a teacher in a school, but you are an agent of heaven, undercover. Yeah, you are an architect on the construction site, but you are an undercover agent. I have a friend when he worked on the site as an architect. <laughs> the, the principal of the construction company called him one day and said, uh, architect so and so, come. Are you an architect or a pastor? He said he didn't know what to say. He was just looking at the man. He said, I'm an architect. How come that everybody always comes to you for counseling? He says, sir, me too, I don't know. It's just the gift of God. You know what would have been bad was if the man was saying, how come your job doesn't get done? Or how come 
the project is failing? Or is it not great to say, how come people come for you to you for prayers or for counsel? Or, you know, or to seek something that will make their, their life better. Because our world is in a deplorable state. People are failing emotionally every day. Marriages are crumbling. People are becoming hopeless. People are losing their joy on a regular basis. The Bible says, you and I, we are the salt of the heart and the light of the world. If we want to see the hand of God manifest through us, everyday supernatural, we must position to be the kind of people that God can use. And can I say this? Many people don't understand how God configured the earth, this world. You have your needs notwithstanding. God wants you not to put your need on your forehead. When you approach the world, I'm saying this figuratively, listen to this. Figuratively, when you approach your world, the world is always saying to you and I, don't bring me your need, bring me your seed. This heart is meant for seed, not need. Have you ever seen anybody who, who scooped the earth and put need inside it and then something came up? No, but you put a seed, something will come up. In the same vein, you and I need to understand this. That whenever a Christian puts his need or a need on his or her forehead, and that's what drives everything that we do, this heart cannot yield something supernatural to us. The supernatural power of God is embedded in the ground to minister to needs and cause, I mean, to seeds and cause them to sprout. Figuratively, it's the same thing. When I show up to my world, my world is always saying, don't bring me your need, bring me your seed. The world is configured to process seed, not needs. Then somebody may be asking, then how do I get my needs met? It's in sowing my seed that I get my needs met. It's in representing God that God shows up for me. Are you still with me today? And when I say seed, I, I use the word also figuratively or metaphorically. It is every uh, grace, gift, and value that you pretend. That's your seed. Everything put together. So when I show up, I see myself as a carrier of seed. I don't see myself as a carrier of need. Do I have personal needs? Yes. Yes. Do I have personal needs? Yes. Do I put it on my forehead? No. You know that some people, when you see them, just know you have seen a need. They just come. The need, you can see it. Yeah. I have need. I am needy. You know. You can't, you, you, you can't see the manifestation of the power of God that way. You have to show up as somebody who has a seed, who is about to meet a need. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we show up. The Bible says in Mark 16 and verse 20, and they went everywhere. <laughs> they went everywhere and preached everywhere. The Lord walking with them, confirming the word through a company signs. This kind of people, that he said they went everywhere. Do they look like needy people? Needy people don't go. If, if needy people go anywhere, they're going to beg. Or at least find a way to meet their own need. Am I saying the truth? But the disciples, the Bible says, they went everywhere seeking to save the souls of men, meeting needs, blessing lives, transforming homes, healing the sick. 
Do they have needs? Yes. Did they put it on top of their head? No. The word says, don't show me your need, show me your seed. Don't show me your need, show me your seed. Because if you show up with your seed, your need will be met. Say amen, somebody. And how do we show and represent Christ? We don't represent Christ with needs. We represent Christ with seeds. With everything that is within us, bringing it forth. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. I love it. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. New Living Translation. Can you put it up for me? 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. New Living Translation. New Living Translation. 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. That includes you. So we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Why do we receive spiritual gifts? Why do we receive spiritual gifts? Can you help me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor a spiritual gift has been given to you so you can help me? So help me. No, let, let's not go there. Because now need, need is entering. <laughs> we're so accustomed to that one. What we're, what we're teaching today is the realization. Yeah. Can you look at somebody else, especially if your spouse is somewhere around you, face your spouse and I say, a spiritual gift has been given to you so that you can help me. <laughs> you know, in the last service, I was emphasizing the fact that many people find it so easy to complain about the things they can help. If my wife was in the last service, I used as an illustration a lot. <laughs> in my family, I'm the chief complainer. I'm the one that complains about everything. I'm serious. Yeah. I have a gift <laughs> of seeing what is not working. Yeah. All the people that work with me, they know. If I get into a place, the first thing I see is what is not working. Yeah. I've been praying to God to help me balance it. So I can also be seeing the things that are working. And I've improved over time. But the truth is that if I get into anywhere, the things that I see first are the things that are not working. Yeah. If I get into an auditorium like this, I can tell you in no time the number of bulbs that have gone out. And in my mind, I'm already rating the organization, rating the place. Yeah, if I get into a banking hall and I see things that are not working, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't know how it, how, it, how it happens, but that's how I am. So, it's a gift that if you take it too far, you can ruin a marriage. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. So, I'm the one that complains in our house. I'm the one that says, you know, all those things. But God keeps helping me and cornering me by spirit to say, when you take this thing too far, you only see what is not working. You won't see the things that are working. There's a balance to your gift, which is to help to make things work. Don't use it to destroy. Use it to bless. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. So there are times where I feel like, no, 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 no. I'm going to knock everything down. I'm going to talk to my wife. I'm going to deal with And then the other thing just arrest you. Say, okay, so you've seen what is not working. Now. What are you going to do about it? Because the gift is given to you so you can help other people. Rather than complain about the fact that your wife is slowing you down from coming to church, take her clothes the night before and hang on it for her and tell her, you don't have any excuse to delay tomorrow. I'll help you. Yeah. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. 
That's what I'm talking about. You've already anticipated what will go wrong. Why don't you do something about it? You know, some people in marriage, they will wait. I've said it. You are the one. And I say, you are the one that will make us go late. See now. But you that you know that he will make us go late or she will make us go late. What did you do about it ahead of time? Yeah. Because somebody will say, now, Pastor, it's not my, that's not my, my, my portion. I cannot be ironing clothes for a woman. Uh, it's not your portion. You will meet your portion. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. God has given each and every one of us gifts. And the Bible says we're supposed to use it to help the other people. I shouldn't put my gift only on myself or use it to profit alone. Because when you go further down there, the Bible talks about those spiritual gifts from verse 8. that to one person. Uh, the Spirit gives ability to give wise advice to another. The same Spirit gives a measure, uh, a, a message of special knowledge, which we call word of knowledge. Uh, verse 9, he said the same Spirit gives great faith to another. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And still another, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown uh, tongue or unknown language. And while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said and all that and all that. So all kinds of gifts, spiritual gifts that has been given to you and I is not meant for us alone. It's meant to help other people. And we must live in the realization of that. There's a gift that you have that can help your boss. There's a gift that you have that can help your friends. There's a gift that you have that can help us in this church. There's a gift that you have that can help your organization. Live in the realization of it because your world needs you. Your world needs you. Your world needs you. That, that's, that's what God is saying to somebody here today. And as we go ahead using our gift, we must always look at the bigger picture. The reason why God gave me what he has given me, whether it's spiritual gift, natural gift, whether it's a network, a resource, a platform, it's not just about me. It's about the people. Because according to Romans 8 and 19 that we read, the endless expectation of creation is waiting for the unveiling, the revealing of the sons of God. So as you live supernaturally, as you engage the supernatural power of God, know that when Christ gave his disciples power, he sent them out. He didn't tell them to sit in their sitting room and continue to enjoy it. He sent them out. And said, freely you have received, freely give. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper. Freely you have received, freely give. Glory be to Jesus. I said, glory be to Jesus. As I round up, there are three big thoughts about our supernatural mission that I want to emphasize as I round up. Three big thoughts, and then I'll close. And before I say something about these three big thoughts, I just want to point out something to someone here. That every believer needs to understand that the greatest problem of the world is not just bad leadership. It's not just lack of education. The greatest problem of the world is not politics. The greatest problem of the world is not nuclear change or, you know, all those things. 
the greatest problem of the world is sin. So, God had to come down in the person of Christ to die as a sacrifice, an atonement for the sins of the world. And you and I, as his agents, and now his mouthpiece. And the Bible says, how shall they repent if they do not hear? And how can they hear if nobody speaks to them? The gospel has to get out. It's good to provide educational facilities. In this church, we do a lot of that. Yeah. Our shelter was declared open yesterday uh, privately. I wasn't even there. Took in the first set of street kids in yesterday. We're going to do a formal launch soon, and I'm going to uh, announce it. All those things are great. I saw the, 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 the footages and the, the pictures. They sent it to me last night, and I was watching it, and you know, obviously, you feel great that uh, God is using this mission uh, to do stuff. Man, a lot, all these kids uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the shelter will be on scholarship. They will go to school from there, you know, and all that. Some of the parents were literally crying on their knee yesterday. I saw the pictures and the videos that they sent to me. Do all those things are great. Yeah, that you also decide to pay people's school fees is great. All those things are great, but there's one thing that only you and I can do because all those other things, other people can do them. Yeah. There's only one thing that only believers, born again children of God can do, and that is to witness Christ. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Yeah, after we have built school and empower people to do business and do all those kind of things, if they are still on the fast lane to hell, what have we achieved? There's only one thing. Any unbeliever can sponsor a tournament. Any unbeliever can build a house for the homeless. Yeah. All kinds of sponsorship and all, all sorts of things. You know, I belong to a Koi club. I see all kinds of things that organizations do on a weekly basis on, you know, I mean, around sport, golf, uh, you know, tennis, and all kinds of things. But can I tell you the truth? Only believers and enterprises of believers can commit to the preaching of the gospel with their resources. So, we need to always be mindful of that. The lack of trust between the established church and the people must not stop us from giving to God what belongs to God. Our platform, our time, our money, our network for the purpose of the gospel. Because philanthropy without the gospel is not complete. It's not complete. If we feed people to keep them alive, it's so that they can know God. And spend eternity better than they spent, you know, the current time. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So it's important. And it's food for thought for all of us. And especially also business people right here. As you apportion, you know, the resources in your business. Do good works. But also let your money preach the gospel. Yeah. Give to God. That's what I'm saying. I'm your pastor. I, can, I should be able to challenge you. Give your time to God. Give your money to God. 
Give your platforms to God. Give your resources to God. Yeah. Give your resources. You know, last month we prayed, you know, about honor code and we talked about seed and bread. We talked about giving to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. I remember sharing from the story of the woman who poured, uh, you know, uh, the expensive perfume on Jesus and people were saying, why? We could sell this, this a year, a whole year wage that you wasted on Jesus. We could sell this and give to the poor. And Jesus looked at them and said, the poor you are with you always. He said, this woman has prepared me for my funeral, my burial, because that's what I came to do so that humanity can be saved from their sins. And he did not concur with them. And he did not say that they should not do anything with the poor. <laughs> I hope you understand what I'm saying. But he said this one, he said wherever the gospel is preached, he said this will be mentioned. He said this is for the gospel. When you look at your time, ask yourself, which is for the gospel? When you look at your network, your resources, and ask yourself, which is for the gospel? It's very important. Any life that is lived outside of that frame is not impacting the kingdom of God. And it's irrelevant in kingdom matters. May you never be irrelevant in kingdom matters. Or oh, somebody say a better amen. amen. Glory be to Jesus. So to do this effectively, just three things that are close. One, develop unusual compassion. Unusual compassion. Unusual compassion. Ask yourself the question, what moves my heart? What are the things that move my heart? What moves my heart? Do you have compassion for unsaved souls? Do you have compassion for kingdom? That the kingdom of God will prosper. There are many agendas in our world today. And people give their time, their resources to push agendas. Political agenda, agendas like, you know, all kinds of agendas. And a lot of resources go into them. But we stand for only one agenda. And we don't have to even honestly come against any agenda. Just focus on our own agenda. Not wishing that any will perish, but that all will come to repentance. That's our agenda. Because when the heart of a man changes, he will know his left from his right. I don't want to argue about, you know, uh, uh, you know, sexual disposition. I just want somebody to know Jesus. When you know Jesus, you can make your choice. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. When you have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, Let's see whether it's powerful enough to convict you or not. That's all. So we focus on this agenda, invest into it, and see God transform lives. But it has to start with from a heart of compassion. 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 Yeah. Compassion. Not all angels will come from heaven. Sometimes God commissioned men to do things for people that angels should do. In the days of the Bible, somebody like Joseph, the foster father of Jesus Christ, an angel had to come and say, don't put Mary, your wife, away. Because the child with her is of the, you know, a holy child and all that. You may be the angel today who will tell somebody, don't put your wife away. Because God still has an agenda. He has something that he wants to do in this relationship. That's the voice of an angel. You may be the only angel that some people will know for the rest of their lives. Not everybody will see angels as a real angel from heaven, but they want to see you. They want to hear your voice. They want to hear your voice in the situations of their lives. Praise God. A church without compassion will never desire to walk in the supernatural. 
Because sometimes you know things. Just like the Bible described the, the gift of the Spirit. You just know things just by knowing. And then you act on it. You just act on it because of compassion. I was sitting at the back, you know, during the first service. Pastor TJ was teaching. I was sitting at the back. Sometimes when I'm not teaching, I just sit at the back. Just watch, enjoy the message, but just watch what's going on. And you know, these days of mask, except you have seen me before, you may not even know it's me. So I just sat there. And I saw, I saw a lady walked out, came back in, walked out again, and then came back in and sat down. And I felt it prompting in my heart. The Holy Spirit said, go and sit beside her. Just greet her and sit beside her. And I went and I just sat beside her. How are you, madam? Uh, she said, I'm okay. And so she looked again. She looked again. So, Pastor, I'm not okay. <laughs> and she was like, oh, it's Pastor. Okay, I'm not okay. <laughs> in my heart, I was saying, I know. That's why the Holy Spirit said, I should sit beside you. And in two minutes, just before we shared the grace in the first service, she told me something that happened this week that is going to wreck our marriage this week. I'm going to tear the family apart completely. Our daughter, our husband, everything just tearing apart. And I held hand with her, prayed with her, gave her some uh, word of wisdom. That's it. Yeah. When God moves your heart towards people, how do you respond? Are you too in a hurry? Yeah. Are you too in a hurry? To even listen. Because sometimes it just, it just is dropped on something and the Holy Spirit tells you, do something about that. And it's based on the heart of compassion. One of the things, the negative effect of COVID is that, is that it has made us to begin to look inwards too much. Many people are still working from home. So apart from maybe coming to church or going to the grocery store or something, they are at home. They are only seeing their family. And sometimes we'll forget that the world is still big. And there are needs everywhere in different sectors and all that in different nations. And I created something I call the wheel of compassion. Can you put that, that thing up there? Just something that reminds me personally of wherever God is pulling my heart at any given point in time. And reminds me that God may be pulling my heart in any of these different areas. Sometimes God is pulling your heart to just pay, pray for sick people and people are in pain. And for weeks, you're just looking for people who are sick and in pain to pray with. You don't even have to be with them physically. I remember during COVID, I was telling all of my friends, if you know anybody that's down with COVID, please just give me their name. I just want to be praying for them. Yeah, just want to be praying for them. Just want to be praying for them. I just want to be praying for them. We had some of our uh, 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 people here who were at the isolation center during COVID, down with COVID. Call every day and pray. And pray, even, not just them, people all around them. And we, I mean, there was nobody in this church that entered isolation world that did not come out alive. Yeah, not one. <laughs> to the glory of God. And people are praying everywhere, everywhere, praying everywhere in this church. We had a prayer team praying consistently. We get a name, we send it in. We're praying, 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 and quoting the scriptures and holding God to his word. And it's because, you know, there are people that are confused and hopeless. How many of them are you praying for? There are people who are lonely and afraid right now. When you get a call from a friend and say, somebody just walked out of my life, I'm miserable. Do you just say, Pele, and move on? Or are you willing to hold hands with them, encourage, pray, ask them of how you can be of help? 
that act of compassion must always be there. Secondly, engage in fervent and constant intercession. If you want to live supernaturally every day, it's not only that you have a heart of compassion, you must be willing to pray. You must be willing to pray. You must be willing to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's what the scripture says. Somebody may be saying, Pastor, this is for really strong Christians. You are also a strong Christian. Yeah. You need to get into it gradually. Who are you praying for right now? If all your prayers right now are about your own personal need, you are still a baby Christian. In the spirit, you have putting butter in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. As you go into the second half of this year, tell yourself, I want to build a better prayer line. I want to pray for people. I want to be that person that God can use. God wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Do you know what he did? He went to look for Abraham and gave Abraham the opportunity to pray for them first or to intercede on their behalf. Abraham, Abraham was negotiating with God as a friend of God. God, what about if you find 50 people there? No, he said, I will not destroy. What about if you find 40? I will not destroy. What about if you find this? That is intercession. That is prayer. That is standing in the gap. He said, Lord, for the sake of the elect, let this thing, let this business not collapse. This man has tried. Father, we, we pray for favor. We break the hand of the devil. And then God gives you a word for that person. God says something to you. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Abraham interceded for Sodom so much. God brought it up to 10. Sodom was a bad place. May Lagos not become like that. They could not find. At the end of the day, they just boiled it down to Lot and his family only. God said, let's take them out. Let's, let's clear this place out. Yeah. But for Abraham, even Lot would have perished in Sodom. Who is praying for you? Who are you praying for? What you make happen for someone, God will make happen for you. If you pray for someone, God will raise people who will pray for you. Even when you don't know. Are you still with me today? Very, very important. Lastly, I cannot overemphasize that. Share and preach the gospel with joy and urgency. Urgency. Yeah. Signs and wonders are meant for people who speak the word of God. Who preach the gospel. And you don't have to preach quoting scriptures. You may not know many. Just share your testimony. Just ask somebody if they know Jesus. Just ask somebody if they want a prayer. Just encourage somebody that Jesus loves them and that that situation can change. You're already preaching. Yeah, you're already preaching. Just share a testimony of your experience. You're already preaching. Are you still with me today? Without the preaching of the gospel, we cannot have consistent manifestations of the supernatural. So the boldness to declare the gospel always comes from encounters with the Holy Spirit. As you have encounters with the Holy Spirit, then you declare. If God has met you at the point of need, say to somebody. If God has healed you, say to somebody. That's how we preach. That's how we preach the gospel. That's how we preach the gospel. A scared world needs a bold church. Yeah. A scared world needs a bold church. You and I must become that bold church who is able to confront, pray with, and speak life even in the face of affliction.
Will you lift your two hands with me today? I say, Father, make me a part of this bold church that will confront the fears of the world in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, I release my heart to you afresh. Fill me with your spirit. Give me boldness to declare your word. Give me a heart of compassion. Help me to see needs to be met. Use me as a soul winner. Let signs follow me. When I lay my hands on the sick, let them recover. Let there be healing. Let supernatural authority rest upon the words of my mouth. When I speak over situations, let the situation turn around. I receive grace today to represent you with honor and with dignity in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope you are truly blessed. Please feel free to email us at info at elevationng.org for all inquiries or to share any testimonies. You can also follow us on our social media channels at ElevationNG to have access to real-time updates on all broadcasts and special programs. Till we come your way again, keep making greatness common.